Welcome to the Decent People Podcast, a production of Decentral Media, where we're committed to telling the stories of the founders, builders, and visionaries who are creating a new decentralized economy and internet experience. You guys know it as Web3 or blockchain, but we're going to bring you the smartest and most interesting people in the space for intimate conversations that reveal their background, how they got into crypto in the first place, and what they're doing today to make a decentralized future a reality. Thanks so much for joining us, and check out our site at Decentral.io. Now, to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Decent People Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Ladden. This week, I'm here with Abhishek Bhaskar, also known as Abverse in the crypto world, metaverse world. He is uh, one of India's leading beatboxers and the creator of the MetaVoice Project, Abhishek, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Stephen. It's a pleasure being here and always I'm a guy who gets paid to talk. So the more people allow me to talk, the more I enjoy talking about myself. Uh, but well, yeah, thank you for having me and uh, giving me this opportunity and time, uh, more importantly. Absolutely. Well, to be here. Sure. And, uh, you know, if, if, if getting paid to talk is your thing, then I think we're in the right place. Uh, and, to, and to that end, you know, obviously one of your biggest talents is, is beatboxing. Was that just out of curiosity? Was that something that you grew up wanting to cultivate? Did you fall into it? How did how did that sort of become uh, a fixture in your repertoire of, of sure? Talent? So I used to uh, play this sport. Uh, it's the uh, it's supposedly uh, uh, one of India's greatest sport uh, called cricket which is similar to baseball, right? So I used sure. to be a cricketer before and a friend of mine called Karthik, uh, he was a bowler as well and he started beatboxing, but I didn't know it was called beatboxing back then. So I told him, what's wrong with your mouth? And he said, it's called beatboxing. And that's when I got addicted to it and I had to learn beatboxing. So he was gracious enough to teach me beatboxing in the initial days uh, back in school in my 10th grade. And that's when I started taking it up professionally uh, because I realized that this hobby of mine, which was mostly fun and games, could become a full-fledged profession in India. Uh, because again, in India, it's not mainstream. Beatboxing is more of uh, an American origin-based uh, piece. Uh, but making that into a full-fledged profession here was nowhere an easy task. But yeah, that happened 12 years ago. When I was 15, yeah, 15, 16 years old. And um, yeah, ever since then, I there was no looking back. It was 100% all into uh, beatboxing. And, and and how did, what gave you the confidence to, you know, go all in and, and pursue it, you know, with, with all of your being? So um, when it was still a hobby, uh, there was this uh, religious festival that was happening in uh, where I stay in Bangalore, India. Uh, so I thought, why not go try out beatboxing in a religious festival, which has no connections at all. Uh, and within three minutes of me being given a, a slot, like they gave me a five minute slot and they thought like, you know, beatboxing was supposed to be boxing. And again, this was 12 years ago. They, they had no idea. People still don't know what beatboxing is. So uh, within two, three minutes, people started jumping around in this, uh, you know, like 3,000, 4,000 people. And that was my first ever show. And I, they gave me a consolation prize after my performance of, uh, I think it was around 200 rupees, which in US dollars is around $3. Uh, 
uh, they gave that to me in, in an envelope and that's when i realized uh, for a 10th uh, grade guy it's actually here it's a, a substantial amount right so it's a good you can go out for a good dinner for that price uh, back then so uh, i went and gave it to my mom i just gave went and gave that envelope to my mom and that's when i realized you could actually make money from this so called hobby so uh, and that confidence came in through the uh, idea that i could be financially independent from beatboxing so that was my biggest motivator like how do i sustain that is most important uh, both financially and also creatively as an artist right because this is something that i have to love doing uh, i'm not someone who likes doing something if i don't like it and i have to you know have that uh, tendency to do it uh, because i love it now just because i have to survive financially so beatboxing is something that worked out really well financially as well as creatively i get to make people happy that's my job so uh, why not make a living out of it that's my thesis yeah yeah which i think is something that you know a lot of people uh, could aspire to and and i mean myself included we've all i think at at certain points uh i should say all but a lot of people myself included have taken have taken jobs uh here and there where where you're not fully invested and and to your point it's like it's hard to kind of stomach those days when you know that your passion lies elsewhere so it's it's cool to hear that you noticed you had a talent realized it's something you could sustain yourself on and then pushed yourself to you know define yourself in that space absolutely uh to that end you know so so things progress you you're sustaining yourself what what then leads to uh sort of your foray into nfts and the meta voice project and and stuff of that nature sure so i started beatboxing very early on right so i was 15 barely 15 when i started off and then once you finish your school you have to you know pursue your degrees and your uh, you know uh, you have to go for for your further education so at that time i uh, decided to take up architecture which is essentially designing uh, or you know, engineers who don't know mathematics that that's what architects are called so i pursued my bachelor's in architecture and i finished it and again I, when i started be uh, be uh, taking up architecture i was least interested in architecture i just wanted to do it because i can focus my time on beatboxing uh, but slowly and steadily i started falling in love with the process of uh, design and that sort of stuck with me and uh, i i had to sort of uh, you know merge these two things together and that is when back in 2016 during my architectural internship uh i had this idea of why not fuse beatboxing and design together not just architecture but design in general so i wanted to keep it very vague because again i myself didn't know what this could be uh, at that particular point in time uh because it could be applied to buildings it could be applied to an abstract piece of art like which is essentially what meta voice is uh so i wanted to keep it very vague and so during that time it sort of uh, you know got lost in the process of uh, procrastinating and just pushing things off um and during the pandemic as you know uh, as a performing artist your entertainment industry gets hit first because it's a such a public space where you know everything is public it's out in the open right you're performing in public and things like that so in entertainment industry got hit first and again as usual artists were pretty jobless for the past two years uh that's when i realized why not finish uh, uh you know this meta voice project that i started off way back in 2016 and push it out as, as a research project 
but that's when I came up again. I was into crypto since 2016, by the way, but into digital ownership since 20, uh, I think uh, mid 2020. And that's when I realized why not push this boring research project, which would have essentially been like a white paper, which uh, not many people read. Uh, except for uh, the nerdy few like me. So I, I thought, okay, rather than it getting buried in a library, uh, it would be better as an audiovisual experience. So that's when I started creating audiovisuals using my voice. And that was the birth, the visual birth of the MetaVoice uh, project. And then I came across NFTs. How do you actually store digital collectibles on blockchain? Uh, and that's when I re realized that this is the perfect time to pivot MetaVoice into uh, a space where people can own your, a part of your soul. Because essentially, if you think about the MetaVoice project, right, even right now, what we are speaking, it's the third evolution of the human voice. First, we learned how to speak. That was the first evolution of the human voice. Second one was we learned how to sing, be humans. And third one, I believe, is vocal percussion, which is beatboxing, which is... So, you know, the ability to do that is the third evolution. So similar to Web 3.0, we have Voice 3.0. And I want to show that as a milestone in this... Uh, entire journey of nfts and uh, whatever is about to happen next that's cool so so and i like how you outline sort of the human uh discoveries in terms of the senses and everything like that was so so it sounds like then to to make sure i understand that you had the meta voice project going before nfts really became what they are now right it was a research project essentially it would have become a very nerdy scientific research paper which got pivoted into an audiovisual experience because for people to grasp the concept of meta voice it would have been very hard to if i had released it as a research paper so what is the first step it is you know if mass adoption has to happen the mass has to understand what is happening so that's when i sort of uh, decided that it's better served to people as a audiovisual experience then later the research part the technical details can come into the uh, picture so that will happen maybe in another one two years time when the audience understands what meta voice is what i'm trying to do and then they're ready for the technical details got it got it and so in terms of meta voice merging with the world of nfts how does what does that look like and 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 how does one uh interact with you know your voice in the meta voice project Sure. So in my case, it is my own voice that um, is going out as NFTs because essentially I want to capture different genres of music and show that every genre has a different reaction. So my thesis or the idea behind Meta Voice is if you pinch yourself, it hurts, right? So the pinch is the stimulus oh. and the response is the pain, right? So yeah. that is essentially the idea where the human voice is the stimulus and the response is the uh, visual experience that is happening. So the stimulus and response uh, applied in a 3D format is what the MetaVoice project is. And also because I believe our voice is a signature in itself. If I ask you to say the exact same intro what uh, you introduced me with, right? If I ask you to deliver the same exact way, you won't be able to do it, right? If you ask me to talk the same way I did five minutes ago, I won't be able to do it. So voice is a timestamp signature, which can never be replicated again. And that is the beauty. In my meta voice pieces, you can hear me breathing, right? And I want that raw voice to be captured in this over everything. I don't want it to be perfect because perfect perfection can be replicated. And once it goes digital and once I uh, morph it or affect it digitally, it can always be replicated. So even if my collectors, they ask me to sort of beatbox the same beat again, 
I won't be able to do it in the exact way. It's like asking me to make an exact 100% copy of my signature. It will always be a little varied from every signature, right? So that's what Meta Voice is. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's almost like an audio version of painting in the sense that right. you could you could paint the same painting twice, but your brush strokes aren't going to be the same. They're not going to line up, you know, Perfect. throughout. Yes, you exactly. Same color scheme and everything else could be the same, but it's going to be a different painting inherently because the inputs are different. So, so it's kind of like what you're saying uh, is the the audio inputs of your voice, even yeah. if it's the same thing, is going to be the different. human voice is the purest version of non fungibility that you can uh, ever try to uh, figure out, right? Because even if someone tries to, even if I try to do it, I can't do it myself. That's how powerful the voice is. It's a signature essentially. Right, right. So, so have you stopped? Uh... Like when you when you have to when you have to sign your name, do you just use your voice and then they... <laughs> I hope so. I hope so because uh, one day I'd like the so where I see MetaVoice project heading is people who are differently able, people who can't hear music, right? If they're deaf or if they are if they are unable to hear music, my hope is they can see the reaction, the visual reaction, and create music for themselves. So imagine uh, listening to the MetaVoice piece, but without without the audio. So, and then trying to recreate music for yourself, right? So I think that is what I see the potential where we are targeting a different sensory organ. So sound is primarily through your ears, right? But what if we could see the sound through our eyes and create sound for ourselves through our eyes? That's the intent. That's the long-term ambition of MetaVoice. Got it, got it. So it's essentially when you put your voice into a visual medium you're we're just seeing sound waves or i guess what 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 are we seeing when we're seeing sound so you're seeing different characters of sound being played out uh so even if you see my uh meta voice one two three and four uh there are different characteristics of sound that are being captured so that's why i want people to see it again and again because one if you see meta voice one the there are these huge blobs that are reacting in and out but if you see closely it's not just that what is happening if you see the individual blocks they are uh scaling in, in and out as well so they are becoming smaller and bigger depending on the beat so there are different characters like frequency amplitude uh the bass and the free uh, so many different characteristics of sound right so that is what is triggering each and every part of this particular uh meta voice piece got it got it got it that's super cool uh and 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 how does that translate? I know you were the world's first ever beatboxer to perform in the metaverse. Uh, how did that? Did you have the visual component when when that happened? How did that play out? And and sort of what do you uh, expect? Do you expect to do it again? What what's the? Yeah, in fact, I was just discussing with another client for uh, having their performance in in the next car uh, one to two days. So this is during the NFT NYC event. So yeah, my first my performance in the metaverse was in Decentraland, and this was last year. Uh, uh, one of my collectors, uh, Technico, uh, so he's one of my biggest collectors till date, and he organized this uh, uh, event in Decentraland called Breaking the Metaverse. So a bunch of hip hop artists came together all across the world, and they sort of performed. So it's very hard to do it live because beatboxing is a live performance, right? Uh, so it's very hard to get the visuals live, right? Because that is a real-time interaction that is happening. So what happened in that was it was more of a, a live performance uh, and also a bits of pre-recorded uh, performances as well. Because 
again there's a huge lag that happens if i beatbox now you'll probably listen to it two seconds later so which will be very very offbeat so the best way to combat that right now with the tech that we have is to sort of pre-record bits and pieces of it and then uh, play that in the metaverse interesting interesting so it's so it's you're playing it in the metaverse on a delay essentially yes trying to combat the delay got it and 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 what do you think is is there a future here for live beatboxing performances in the metaverse does technology need to evolve in order to accommodate say like a non-delayed performance what's what do you see as sort of the lane here uh in in the metaverse moving forward so definitely live performance is a reality right now because we can uh stream our, uh, our Twitch streams uh, live into the into Decentraland. So that is definitely a possibility. But again, the main, uh, the common problem with that is everyone's uh, uh, internet speeds are different. So pe different people will get it at different points of time. Uh, so we tried that once and it, it delays differently for different people. And for some people, I'm just stuck this way. So, uh, you know, it's very sort of weird to uh, get that out across. So the best experience that we can provide right now is to have pre-recorded bits uh, with real-time uh, interaction. So I'm there and, you know, from maybe even uh, uh, Decentraland has their own built-in uh, audio discussion place. So that is more real-time. And if that is the only possibility, then real-time beatboxing is possible. But if it's streaming your video live as well, which consumes more data, then definitely that takes a hit on the overall experience of performing and you know you experiencing beatboxing in the metaverse or any other visual art form in terms of then you know your own minting of nfts and uh the the future of the visual uh beatboxing what what do you have planned coming up what can we expect to see what's uh you know in terms of those launches what, what's what's on the horizon sure so uh, I launched till till date there are six metaverse pieces uh, that exist uh, are currently in circulation so to speak. So I launched my first one in April third. Uh, I'm I want to say April third, twenty twenty one. That is last year. Um, and right now there are six. But again, I don't want to overpopulate uh, the market with a lot of metaverse pieces. And these are special. Like I am a huge Harry Potter fan. So I believe these are like Horcruxes that we leave with collectors. So they own a part of our soul uh, this way. So every edition is like part of a soul. But what is happening next is uh, uh, I'm working on a piece where I'm recording my uh, breathing patterns uh, because what India went through and the entire nation uh, and the entire world went through uh, during the pandemic, right? Uh, there was one scenario in India, especially where people were literally fighting for oxygen. So I want to record my different uh, breathing patterns. So one is a normal breathing and the other one is where it's completely congested. So I want to record that and showcase the beauty in that pain. That's what I want to relay. So when people are, you know, highly suffocated and they're just searching for oxygen, how would that sound? But how, how do you make that painful sound in, and portray that in a beautiful way? That's one of the projects. And there's also a tree that I'm trying to get to react real time with beatboxing so that is the harder part uh, but again these are like i want every piece to be different because i want people to collect it and be happy with it and different people relate to different things uh one of the examples being uh, for the valentine's day on feb 14th 
I dropped uh, the Meta Voice 6 heartbeat. So I basically beatboxed a heartbeat like with that and uh, this heart is reacting to it. Uh, so, you know, people collected that and they gifted it to their uh, partners and better halves. And, you know, uh, they also got this cute augmented reality sculpture as an airdrop as well. So that way the art becomes a utility itself and it it's a cause for celebration. So, yeah, different pieces like that. And the, there's one uh, major project that I'm working on, but I'm still yet to figure that out because I, I want to do it right and I want to take my time. I'm known for taking a lot of time, but uh, yeah, let's see where it goes. So it sounds like that's awesome. So it sounds like then there's a lot of thought and care and inspiration behind, like inten intentionality, I should say, behind each and every piece. And and as you said, so so is there a, are are each are are the collective of all of your pieces? Would there be a bigger sort of umbrella under which they all fall, or is each piece its own thing for a specific purpose that's different from all the others? Um. So I, I'd like to say it's part of a larger plan because I when I initially planned for it, um, so I go by the name Abverse, right? So it's essentially Abhishek Bhaskar's Metaverse. That's the whole uh, full form of Abverse. Uh, but right now I don't want to reveal it because again, that would spoil the entire fun bit of it. So once the trick is explained, people lose interest in that. So right now I want people to uh, think it's all these pieces are separate because ultimately, I'm doing it with that uh, intent in mind, right? Like every single beatboxing has a different genre of music, whether it's dubstep, whether it's old school hip hop, or whether it's jazz or, uh, you know, like the heartbeat songs. So I want it to be that way, but somewhere down the line, uh, you know, in a few years, people can expect it to sort of uh, congregate into a performance of all these beats, because when a beatboxer performs, it's a cumulative of all different beats coming together. So that's what I envision myself. Then that will be like the master performance uh, time. Uh, so gotcha. That's yeah. That gotcha, is the, gotcha. as much as I can see right now. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So a couple things on that. It's like in one way, there's a kind of a beautiful metaphor too, where as individuals, creators, people, the role that people play in life, you know, they they may think they're on their own individual path, and then yet. At some point, there might be an awakening or or, or a uh, a realization that hey, you're actually part of this bigger collective, you know. So Absolutely. in many ways, your artwork, uh, in this sense, is epitomizing that. The other Absolutely. thing is uh, where where I guess it's just a curiosity is uh, where where does your where does your inspiration for determining, or how do you what's your process for determining what type of beat is going to fit the vision for, you know, with a heartbeat, for example, like how how do you determine which genre of music best fits a certain right. visual. yeah and so with respect to that uh i i know i think it's important to understand my approach towards things right so i'm i'm a beatboxing so there are two types of beatboxes firstly so one is there are performers and then there are competitors so people who compete and you know they do all the technical stuff uh i don't do that i do things which people can relate and i'm more of a performer i uh, I like to make people happy. For example, if I do a very complex beat, like so, instead of if I instead of doing that, if I did, which is the uh, Black Eyed Peas song, which uh, which is my house, right? So that is something that people can relate to, and they relate to it better, and they enjoy it better. Or if I did something very complex, again, it goes back to the concept of a research paper. No one would read a research paper, but many people would 
watch a meta voice piece uh, like an audio visual piece so that is my uh, opinion and uh, with that is ultimately where i see this entire uh, you know uh, meta voice journey heading uh, into this entire space but yeah very cool very cool uh awesome well in terms of you know your role and and beatboxing and metaverse everything like that is is there an intersection i know you know you, you were the uh first indian beatboxer to be featured for uh a concept uh, for pepsi is there is there more tie-ins between uh companies and brands and stuff like that moving forward both in the metaverse and you know your art specifically yeah uh i would love to do that in fact we are discussing some brand integration uh, into this at some point uh but i don't want it to be at a level where i lose any so this is something that i'm very particular of i don't want to lose any creative control in the process because the entire reason why i did nfts uh or got into digital collectibles and everything is because i wanted that creative satisfaction of letting my idea out after almost uh, say five years right uh which is essentially meta voice coming out from my head into a visual thing which everyone can experience so that i have to stay true to that and which is why i need complete creative control with that whatever i can think of which would uh which could help brands again uh, i'm also in the web3 space for a while now uh, i'm also working closely with companies on uh, how to uh, grow and strategize their uh, uh, you know their entire companies the web3 companies so I always look for more of uh, creative uh, outlets rather than uh, you know some other uh, ideas coming in and spoiling the entire thing. So when I'm there, give me complete control. I'll deliver you a hundred percent creative product or a service, whatever that may be. Mm. I'm very particular that way. So, but yeah, as a creative person, that is, I I spend most of my time being creative. That's why I, I took up architecture and beatboxing. So both of those things are creative processes. Sure. So, yeah. And in in do you also create the three D worlds in which the your 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 uh, NFTs are existing in? Like, is that all through you, or do you use a different company? How, how does all that come to be? Uh, I have so I have two companies, right? So one is B for Beatbox, which is the beatboxing arm and the entertainment arm of my career, and the other one is Dirt Lab, so D E R T Lab, so Design, Education, Research, and Technology. So we have uh, augmented reality products. We have uh, again these are world building products, which is essentially now is metaverse uh, projects. So with Appverse, that is what I'm trying to do, right? In the long game, it'll be my own metaverse. I strongly believe that. Uh, there will be something that will kick off where each one of us could have our own metaverses. So I could jump into your metaverse, you could jump into mine. We can so similar to Ready Player One, where each planet can be a separate metaverse by itself. So I believe that will happen, and uh, I'm just preparing for that. So I'm slowly building out and visualizing the 3D part of my uh, what my artwork could look like, and then eventually deploy that into my own metaverse, which Got would it. be Appverse. So when you step into Appverse, we're stepping into your world, your art, beatboxing, and how all of that kind of culminates and comes together. And and that's really cool. So you, you think that the, the vision is that everybody who participates would eventually have their own universe that or metaverse that right. everybody could step If you into. want to watch a beatboxing performance from Abhishek, come into Abhishek Bhaskar's metaverse. Or if you want to check out these uh, artworks that are there, come into my metaverse. So things like that. Or if you 
this is something out of a scene from inception right if you want to you know roam around through an entire city if you want to rent your own city come in i'm renting my own uh, app verse so to speak so you know wander around empty roads and whatever you want right come come to the adverse store and uh yeah you know, exactly yeah, check, check it out that's neat let's see well uh abhishek this is this is uh really really cool and and excited to hear and see you know where Abverse ends up uh growing and and what it grows into uh for, to that end is is that the focus moving forward just continuing to grow the adverse continuing to grow your own universe or do you have any other specific i know we talked about the uh specific nfts that you're, you're cultivating anything else that that is being implemented for the long-term game or short-term game within the verse so, that we should know about uh nfts uh and my beatboxing performances will be the building blocks for the eventual long term which is adverse as simple as that so these are the individual bricks that i'm laying we're using nfts beatboxing performances uh, i'm emceeing at a whole bunch of events i've been an mc for the past 10 years as well so all these i consider as the bricks and brick and mortar and eventually this will use be used to build out my uh adverse and i still don't know what again i'm keeping it very vague right now uh because i don't i myself don't know what as a creative prof, uh, person you never know what's next so i want to keep it very open very vague so that i can include as many things as possible uh, into this particular thing but right now i'm focused on beatboxing and nfts uh with the long term vision being it will all get integrated into my metaverse well abhishek this has been a phenomenal conversation thanks uh again for taking the time abhishek baskar also known as abverse thank you for your time This is another episode of the Decent People podcast by Decentral Media. I'm your host Steve Ladin and thank you. Thank you so much Stephen. It was a pleasure uh, being here as always and uh, thank you for allowing me to talk about myself for this entire duration of this thing and talk about my projects. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Sure thing. That's it for this episode of Decent People. Thanks so much for listening. Check the show notes for more information on our guests today and make sure to look us up on the web at decentral.io that's d e c e n t i a l .io and on Twitter at @decentral Have a great day <laughs>